0: On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture.
1: Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod.
0: And welcome back to The Dark Room episode of art of darkness the podcast about the dark side of creativity i am brad kelly that is kevin kautzman kevin how are you doing very well i got larry the latte here hey, which everybody can right. see there's a little my little
1: mascot Thank i have you. never better it's early we're doing an early pod this morning i like, morning. It. I like morning it i got like the
0: rest of the we'll have the rest of the day to morning know. pod
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah we could just we could cut loose we can let rip for the rest of the day. we didn't have to talk for the rest yeah. of the day and i'm sure the wives would just be like okay wonderful <laughs>
0: Yeah. And so for people who maybe are tuning in for the first time, so this is a dark room, which means that we are um, we've done a core episode on our subject um, that being in this case, Carlos Castaneda. Um, and in the dark room, we bring in somebody who knows that figure, um, a little differently, a little better, or just kind of looking at it from a different angle. Um, and, uh, we have a further discussion. It's a dark room where we further develop our understanding of this figure, um, the Carlos Castaneda episode. I, you're that really, oh, yeah.
1: I like this, Brad. You're really leaning into the metaphor of the well, dark. Yeah, world. you got to remember, man. remember yeah. film, remember photography before we're, we're, it's this is a digital podcast. We're not an analog podcast. Not I yet. Although I like, I do like this idea of like doing the, like the Wu-Tang one, there's one cassette of an <laughs> art of darkness thing. One, yeah. maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Right, that would be that'd really be pretty, that'd
0: be pretty cool. That would be yeah.
1: very cool. Or do do like a limited, edit. like you could right now do a niche podcast that's like we only put out a hundred cassettes of the pod.
0: <laughs> and if it was vinyl. the right we used to thing, to press the vinyl, yeah,
1: yeah press yeah. vinyl. And anyway, that that this is okay. This is turning into a production meeting again. But yeah, we're really <laughs> excited about. I'm excited about this yeah. one partly because we got to circle back to the subject. Mm-hmm. uh it, we love all our subjects even even when they're monsters not saying mm-hmm. castaneda was a monster i've really only i've really only convinced myself we've covered two monsters so far mm-hmm. brando yeah. and burroughs mm-hmm. but i was maybe a little harsh on castaneda and to, to all you castaneda stands out there please bear with us we're trying to deepen our understanding of this figure and we always mm-hmm. we really do go into this with a generous spirit. We're not trying to tear people down. We're just trying to tell the stories of their of their mm-hmm. lives. And sometimes we come across stuff that's like, damn, that's a bit, that's bad. <laughs> like Burroughs, but like man, we don't Oops. co-sign everything everybody no. does in this pod. But, but, no. but you were getting into the intro. We got to introduce our guest.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. So so for this conversation, we have a returning guest, the great Scott Ladotti, musician, novelist, poet. I've referred to him, and I think this is true, is the hardest working man in lit biz. Uh Scott, welcome back. It's really good to see you again.
2: Cool. Thank you. I'm proof that hard work does not pay off. So
0: (laughs) don't go that route. I feel I feel like that sometimes too. Yeah, (laughs) I do love that yeah yeah do less that's 100
1: percent the new american like truth yeah. that's the american and i love that we've all embraced that now because it's such a fucking relief totally like, i think we can all just accept like okay it was all a lie it was all bullshit. Mm-hmm. what all your suspicions have been confirmed whether you're left or right it's not a political podcast <laughs> but it's just like okay what a relief now we just know and and i i frankly am excited for the future in any case yeah hard hard working man you're traveling a lot uh too
2: scott yeah, well, I'm yeah. finally back in Brooklyn for a couple of months, uh, okay. which is good because my rent's like sixteen hundred dollars a month and I'm hardly ever here. So right. that's uh, yeah, that
0: check drops out and it's like, wait a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a doorman last year, which like the Christmas bonus like funded a uh, whole year, but now I have nothing. Oh, so we're not. back. Well, yeah,
0: back at it. Well, well, um, and, uh, uh, you know, you've got writing out all over the place. Uh, I think is Play the Devil the most recent like book that came out or you got something else i can't keep up with with you so, <laughs>
2: so uh what, yeah it was i, I was a, about to have a book of essays published uh in october but i i just had a nightmare experience with yeah. uh a publisher who i'm not gonna name um that's good of you yeah i guess so uh yeah play maybe the we devil. can talk
0: after so i make sure to steer clear of them though
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so play the devil is the most recent thing i've been working on it's getting adapted uh currently like we wrote a script for it. Now it's like going through the pipeline. We're doing a table read with some important people on the seventeenth. So oh awesome, man.
0: Yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be uh you know, we'll be polling for you. That's as yeah, a as a yeah. screenplay.
2: Yeah, so yeah they, flew, yeah, they flew me out to LA um in November to write it with a guy who works at the studio. So we're, I'm in the arena now. It has to a thousand other things have to go yeah. perfect. It you know, but yeah
0: but like, you they know so you for your, my dinner
2: that right that yo, <laughs> yeah. that's that's farther along than a
1: lot of people will get uh, and, and that's great i mean my, i i have a friend who's been saying my my screenwriting partner friend of the show abby and she's been telling people um that you know what, what a lot of aspiring screenwriters have begun to do is to take their concepts and write them as novels first because once you have that something that exists and if you have an audience then it's like oh now we're interested in So very interesting so you're you're taking yeah. this route to get there man i hope that i hope that works i hope that It'd be, that'd be great i hope george yeah. clooney produces it i hope you Hell get yeah. everything you want dude and thanks I hope guys l.a yeah. treats you well man that's awesome yeah. thanks yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it's so far so good so we'll see yeah, yeah well yeah. that's the thing
0: you say a hundred a thousand other things got to happen well this is one of them and it did so you know so <laughs> all right cool you guys yeah,
2: are so, so positive, man. Thanks. We try yeah. try to
0: be, man. <laughs> so uh it's all we have, Scott. <laughs> it's all we have. We do a podcast. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and, and uh the reason uh you we're having you on for this conversation, not only because we were looking for a reason to talk to you again, but you had a piece in Hobart uh called the Peyote Warrior of Window Rock, which uh you shared with us and we'll we'll have it in the episode notes. Um and, and I mean, I'll kind of tee it up a little bit, but I want you to mostly talk about it. Um, in part, there's uh, Carlos Castaneda's The Teaching of Don Juan was at least riding with you on this road trip, right? Tell us a little bit about this piece.
2: Okay. Well, time is a flat circle, right? right. So 20 years ago, I would written a horrible screenplay, and my best friend and I were going to drive to L.A. and get it made because I was like 18, and I thought that's just how that worked so as we were pulling out a new his garage in new jersey his dad who was like a like a william f buckley like conservative guy gave us the teachings of don juan the carlos castaneda book um and was like uh you know i read this when i was your age it changed everything read this so we'd never heard of it so we're like reading it the whole way and then instead of driving in the straight line out to LA, we were like, we have to go to, you know, New Mexico and get peyote, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, we drove to basically to make a very long story shorter. We went to Gallup in New Mexico, which is like, as we were getting closer to the desert, well, we went to Taos, New Mexico first, which is kind of like a runaway land for like housewives, I guess, they get divorced or have some kind of, spiritual awakening in their 50s um with their divorce money they open like crystal shops and stuff yeah yeah. yeah, it's time to sell rocks right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but they're all very condescending too they're not like Mm uh i don't know because well we also we parked right in front of one and walked in and we're like uh like, hey, we're uh, we're trying to find peyote. Can you help us out? And you know, they freaked out. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you'd think these people would be more chill, right? Right. Yeah, they're not.
2: And the know? one woman we met was from Long Island, so I was like, we're from like the same place. You should. That's like should be a flag. You know, you should help us out.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you came out here for
2: peyote, didn't you? Yeah. Lady? Like, <laughs> I know she gave us a whole speech, like uh, you know, it's a sacrament and like what you're doing. It's not a drug, you know, um, which. At that point of the trip, we were basically just like uh I mean we were like 18. So we were listening to the doors and Pink Floyd and everything, and like really tuned in to Timothy Leary and stuff. So uh we weren't just trying to get like messed up on a drug, like you know, we we're really about like transcending and finding this universal truth. And uh Word. but I mean, also what does that mean at 18? Like so. I don't know. She was mad yeah. at us. Yeah, and then we're driving down the road, and uh, we see like a giant TP that was made out of like uh, concrete or whatever. And it was because once you're out on, you're running sort of with Route sixty six. It do, you can't take Route sixty six the whole way. It's like in chunks now, mm-hmm. but there's still all the leftover gift shop stuff from back in the fifties. That's right. like a
0: metaphor for the whole country isn't it it's like it's yeah, really you actually creepy. can't go on the highway you used to go on but there's fragments of it still yeah yeah
2: wow. and, and you know, the people who opened up these stores in the 50s like are still there working in their stores because what are you gonna do it's like valueless so you can't sell it and move on right. um Oof. yeah so we found it, uh, a navajo guy in one of in that in a rug store in a teepee and he was cool. He, we were like, hey, we're from New York. We're trying to find peyote. And he was like, all right, well, it doesn't grow anywhere near here. You have to go to Gallup, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So then we went to Gallup. Um, and same thing. Everybody was telling us about a guy named Pino. Every like, First, we went up to like the meth head on the street. We're like... Dude, you know where we get peyote? And he made us buy him a beer, and then he didn't know where to get
0: peyote. You know? Hey, I I respect the hustle, though. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you should have been here last week. There was peyote everywhere last week. Right. Yeah.
0: That's how that that always
2: goes. Always. (laughs) No
0: amount of information is free. This is the
1: information that's (laughs) driving.
0: That's right. Well, so let me let I don't want you to give away the entire the entire piece because I want people to read it and it's and uh, uh yeah, it's, it's a good read, it's really it's a snappy good snappy read it's, and it's it's, it's, it's so got shades of hunter and yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so but so yeah, so you get out there now. The, the thing that what did you think? I mean, I don't know based on reading Castaneda or whatever, like what did you think? What did you have in your mind would be like the moment that you? ate it, you and your buddy Like what was that gonna look like in your mind, if you think?
2: Well, we I don't think we had finished the book yet. So I didn't know that we could fly, I guess, <laughs> if we took peyote. <laughs> right. Um but we were just like really like th- you know this is set against the backdrop of like the Iraq war, right? Mm. And uh so I mean nothing's gotten better in 20 years, but then it really felt like like that was the end. Like mm. the it was all crumbling this system can't possibly work for another five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. where you know, we had, we just killed a hundred thousand civilians in like the first year. So it really felt like the end of some kind of like uh timeline or like whatever. And it was like all breaking. And somehow this like we were being led to the peyote to like, I don't know, like uh break on through, right? Like Man. yeah, you yeah, get to something better or deeper. Um and I
0: mean, yeah. I think you know. I, I I didn't ask to like poke holes in it. Like, I think that I think that puts you in a rich lineage that many many Americans and other people have like participated in. Right? And there's like there's something out there that's gonna get us to sidestep this whole shit show. Right? <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're young, because at end, like 18. I mean, I vaguely remember being 18, and like there is like this thing of like. Dude, I I don't want to be an adult in this system. Yeah. Like I don't want to grow <laughs> right. up into this. Is there some way I can like be right. off of this? Well, and this is this is the lie they tell us. It was like the
1: teenagers? They're just angry. They're so angry. It's like no, they're angry because they're seeing the horror show for the first time, and they're realizing that the system is about to spit them out into this uh, yeah. grinder. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the I forced think of, participation. I, hang uh, on one second. But no. it's the forced. It's the forced participation. most social contract that everybody has to just like slowly cope with. And the psychedelics, I think are a way to try to lever some sort of um, personhood some, and also to give ourselves um, coming of age experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we're not, we're not going to war. We're not getting married at 20. We're not, do you know? So it's like, yeah. you want something epic and mystic in, in, in any case.
0: Yeah. No, the right of passage, like there's not the right, yeah, the right of passage thing is kind of, it's kind of gone. And it is, it is, it is, it is a way to give yourself a rite of passage, you know, especially if it's part of especially the way you're doing it, Scott, which is like, we're going to go we're going to we're in a car. We're going to drive and find it. It's not like our buddy Carl next door has it. And we're going to like, you know, go over to his house and sit on the couch. It's like it's Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, th- there was a feeling of that. Like, uh, that's why like, the American road trip needs to be East to west like you have like california has to be the thing you know yep, like yep, yep. if you're coming this way it's like you start at like the best part and then you you know go through everything in reverse to like to get to the, i don't know to this side which is nowhere near as like just the lure of california the, especially growing up in like new york and new jersey like The promised land is like on the other side of those mountains.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, dude, that's so, that's so true. I never thought of that, but you're so right that it does kind of have to be West. I mean, I've done, I've done that road trip from Michigan all the way to the West Coast a couple of times. And I've also ridden the Greyhound both directions. I'll tell you like. I think about the going riding the Greyhound West versus riding it East. It reminds me of that um, that meme where you've got the one guy on the one side of the bus looking at like the gray wall. And he's all sad. And the other guy's like looking out at the sun, looking out at the sunrise. and He's happy. That guy is going West. <laughs> it's like, oh, It's all out there. We're going to see this dang country. And that, that's like all the other people on the bus, too. And all the stuff going East, it's just like. Yeah, my grand great uncle died. I haven't seen you know, it's like it's always some sad <laughs> story for somebody going back east for whatever reason. Yeah, that's yeah, really interesting.
2: Well and things on that trip too were like like leading us to this the whole way. Like um, I remember we so we knew to go to Taos, I think, because we had stopped at a college campus um in Arkansas, maybe to like uh just to try to find a party or something. And, um...
1: What, like Fayetteville? We like...
2: What? No. Um, no, no. I think it actually might have been Texas now that I think about it.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Yeah. But, like, um... So there was, of course, we were, like, talking to people. We get brought to somebody's dorm. We smoke, like, a joint. And then they've got, like, uh like a, uh, that Jim Morrison poster on the wall. So yeah. we're, they're like, asking us what we're doing. And we were like, oh, we're trying to find like peyote actually. And they're like, oh, you like, you have to go to like, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of the town, some town in New Mexico. Like there, there was like the older hippie guy on campus who like knew – like oh, he had yeah. extra insight into <laughs> right. there, you know? there's yeah.
1: that guy that guy used to be on every campus i know i know <laughs> multiple iterations of that guy they're all <laughs> gone now i actually we had that they all gone yeah. now yeah yeah
2: yeah we, yeah, we yeah. That, yeah um so like i don't know because with castaneda like now all the holes have been poked in his story right mm. but like i do believe that like I don't. The desert is it is weird, and when you're there for a couple days, and you're like in this thing, like you see things at night, like the the time doesn't really make sense because um, the sun is like I guess just always like right overhead melting you, and then all of a sudden it's pitch black for hours, and I don't know. I could see how like uh, I could see how this guy Don Juan, who maybe like you know the peyote doesn't grow. In Southern California, right? So like how could Don Juan have this peyote? But I also believe that you could like time travel in a desert. Like you see weird things out there.
0: It it is weird. You're totally right about that. I remember driving from I moved at one point from uh Boise, Idaho to Austin, Texas, where I met this guy. And uh we were driving through and we drove overnight for part of it, you know, driving a big, you know, big like I remember I had a, I had like very few possessions. So I tried to rent like a, U, a little U Haul van, like a, just a, but all they had was like the full size one. So I had this huge ass truck with literally like one little corner of it was my stuff. <laughs> but anyway, we we're driving through <laughs> it from New Mexico into Texas and at night. And suddenly it's like this crazy light show. And what we figured out eventually was we think it was, um, like oil derricks or oil pumps and they all had a light on them and they were not synchronized so this there's you know thousands of these oil derricks with each with a flashing light but dude for about five or ten minutes until we figured out what that was it felt like we were undergoing some kind of passing through a portal alien invasion you know we had a little uh yeah. <laughs> so but but like there was a moment there we were like what is happening to will we be the same people when this ends <laughs> And yeah it's out, out in the desert man and you can totally have those experiences I mean there's a reason Burning Man is out there and not uh in New Jersey right, right. like yeah yeah well, for sure
2: And that's like you it, it's there it looks like you're on the you know a saturn or something when you get to the desert and you've never seen it for the first time like mm-hmm. you've never i've never seen colors like that before you know it's just it looks so alien and bizarre like if a Baranosaurus walked out from behind the mountain it would like that's that would make sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah, or not maybe sure.
2: or t-rex whatever lived something in. yeah well yeah. <laughs> yeah if you're
0: into like the cryptozoology stuff apparently there are like People who claim they've seen dinosaurs out there. So I don't in the American know. desert, in the American desert. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. So, I, you know, kind of curious, like what you, uh, you know, as you, so I'm picturing you and there's a one, a couple parts of this, your uh, peyote warrior window rocks, or I want to ask you about, but before we get there, um, so you're reading that book and you just, you, I'm sure you just assumed that this Don Juan, all of this stuff was like, factual oh yeah yeah i mean coming to understand that like he was probably making the vast majority of it up in terms of like the details and the places and the people yeah i don't even know if i want to say he's i don't know i have a hard time because i've gotten like kevin i've gotten tons of pushback people tried to tell me online and even in person that like oh no he was it was all real um and then more you dig into it, it's like it kind of can't be. Uh unless something genuinely supernatural is happening, which hey, maybe. Um but like what does that make you how does that make you look at the Don Juan Castaneda stuff, knowing that like, you know, factually probably <laughs> none of this stuff actually happened? <laughs> I,
2: I mean, I can like do a, a defense of some of the stuff, like mm. There's no reason that a Yaki Indian couldn't end up in. Okay, so doing research with this, I found mm-hmm. out that peyote only grows on a very small part of the Texas Mexico border. So it's not even in New Mexico. It's not even right. like in Texas, really. It's like the one little beltway. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, everybody who lied to us in Arizona and New Mexico, too, you know, or it was like, sure, there was peyote around couldn't find it, was going to be here next week. So
0: starts making you wonder, has anybody taken peyote? Like, or is it all just made up?
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's true, actually. I don't know anybody <laughs> firsthand who has done this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's no reason that he couldn't have started in the Texas border or the Sonora Mountains or whatever, and then ended up in California. Sure. You know, yeah. Um. It is weird that uh, apparently in the first book and the third book, which cover the same timeline, Tan Juan is a completely different person with a yeah. totally different sense of humor. That's weird. That is um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, as far like the dogs on the reservations. Have you ever been on a reservation? Not really.
1: No. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. my parents taught on the reservation for a number of years. My stepfather still teaches on the reservation. Uh, so we're talking about um Standing Rock in North Dakota. Yeah, and I know about res dogs.
2: Okay. Yeah. I've never been up to, up to the like uh the, Crow the reservations or whatever are up there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the yeah, they're they're Sioux, they're Lakota. So okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you you were on what reservation was
2: this again? It was the, like the Navajo reservation, oh wow, or, yeah, or cool. Zuni, yeah. So like on, you know, all the way in the south. But I, the, so the dogs, I like, get all the res dogs are the same dogs, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The dogs no, I down don't know, there, but, but, but res yeah. dogs
1: are a thing. I mean, that's a, it's a known known thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The dogs down there look like werewolves. They don't look like any dog you've ever seen before. Nobody else has them. I've never seen somebody with a pet one of these dogs. Like they they look like four-legged manned wolf things. So Ooh. that wrote right off the bat is like, uh, I think an outsider like reading about that would be like, that doesn't make any sense or whatever. Right. But uh, right. it
0: seems easy to dismiss until you're there and you see one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. So there's like, I don't care. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. But there are like these mystical or like other worldly things that live there, that live nowhere Well, else. I
0: mean, dude, you, like... I got I went way down the rabbit hole of Skinwalker Ranch not too long ago. And, dude, I don't know what's happening out there, but something freaky is happening out there. That is nobody's got a very good explanation for (laughs)
2: Yeah, didn't somebody so, buy up that whole ranch and they? were Yeah, yeah, in? and he's yeah. sinking
0: a bunch of money into trying like figure out what's going on, and it, it, they don't really have any answers exactly, but like it's just an endless list of just like very anomalous activity, and some of it from people who were like super skeptical, who went there thinking it was all BS, and then like you know saw a UFO directly overhead that was like you know the size of a football field, and came out and was like, "Yep, it's real, it's all real." So crazy. Yeah, the
2: superstition mountains down in Arizona, too, are another nexus of like disappearances, murders, like you know, mutilations. Uh, so I I believe that if there are places on earth that are like good, you know, you show up and you're like, wow, this place feels like you know, it's a religious site, it's like whatever people have decided is like a, a good place, there's got to be centers of. Evil or like uh maybe not evil, but like yeah. the the opposite Lo- of good or whatever. Yeah. yeah. She had yeah.
1: Chaos, entropy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah there are there are loci of power, like ley lines are real. There are places that emanate more emanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the black the black hills are, are like this in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh and the Badlands to a degree, but the black hills there is like there's a, a spirit there. There's something there. Um that's I mean it and it's
0: sacred to the peoples uh, up there. And yeah, uh, you can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it. Feel it. Can yeah. Feel it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, all of this is part of, I think, the explanation for like why the Castaneda stuff sort of caught on, right? Like what the why everybody it feels like he articulated something everybody already thought or at least wanted to be wanted. The case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And th- that's why like you know, we got into when we did our episode, we got into sort of like, what are the facts of the matter, which is uh, certainly relevant to talk about because the book was positioned and still is in some quarters as a like completely factual document. Um And, you know, we're all all of us write fictional stuff. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like I think you shouldn't be able to write fictional stuff, but posing it as like this legitimate um, account is is a little is a is a little different, um, but you know it, what makes me wonder. It's like okay, so you know we did our episode, and you know late in late in Castaneda's life, he certainly was like bringing a cult around him, right? Like, he definitely had a cult and these women, and you know a lot of manipulation and taking advantage of people and, and whatnot. But I started to like kind of wonder as we were headed towards this conversation with you, Scotts, so, like. Is, and it'd be hard to say, I know, but like, is uh, Carlos Castaneda a net negative culturally or societally or whatever? I don't know. I want to hear what Kevin has to say, too. Like, Is it bad? Is it bad that all this happened? Uh, Forgetting the the individual people that Castaneda interfaced with and fucking ruined their lives. I mean, more uh, on a larger scale. Am I up? Yeah, sure Maybe Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, have <laughs> a, I have a couple of thoughts, but after you, you're the guest, Scott. So after
2: yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I I've met a couple people along the way who uh they're, they have like a, a castinated kind of figure who's coming up from Colombia and like doing like a actually I do know somebody who did peyote. I almost went okay. to this thing in Newark that the, a guy, some shaman from Colombia was coming up with his crew and all the like the rich uh bohemian kind of people in north jersey were going to this warehouse to do peyote mm. i couldn't go for some reason the next time i saw the girl who invited me she was a mess her mom was a mess they just mm. kept saying the medicine was bad and then this goo, this shaman who came up ended up dating her leaving his family and moved oh, into no. the basement of her parents house. she was really hot but like yeah moves yeah. into the basement yeah and yeah. his people that, had to come back and try to drag him back to Colombia.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah. I, I
2: think this is par for the the course. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's sort of like it's,
1: it's the system is what it does. Like the purpose <laughs> of the system is what it does. That's a th- you know what I mean. So it's like mm-hmm. there and there is that sleazy side to all of this. There is that sleazy weird side to psychedelics that can happen because oh, yeah. and, it, and it gets to you mentioned uh, Doctor Timmy Leary, friend of the pod, like he discovered. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was him, but they discovered that LSD, right, re-imprints you. So if you're if you have like childhood trauma, you can like re-imprint on another figure and work some of that out. It can be used as medicine. But if you've got some rich bohemian chick who's all messed up and maybe dad's not on the scene, or even if he is, maybe he's distant or whatever. She's got all kinds of problems. Here comes this Colombian shaman. You all take psychedelics and suddenly. He's living in your fucking basement, <laughs> right, right. and I would know, hide your daughters. I mean, there yeah. there is that there is that sleazy and, element too. And, and, and we
0: and yeah. we in America, you know, we can have a tendency to think like, oh, well, this guy's from Colombia, so he must be legitimate. But it's like, right. not, not, I mean, there's no reason to think that. Extraordinarily naive. Else, right? Extraordinarily I mean, naive. You can you can have a yeah. dude from Ohio who's like super well intentioned and thoughtful, and mm-hmm. it, he might be better for this, yeah. this right it does you know. kind of
2: speak to like a larger like we have no um like there's no mystery or adventure there's no Loch Ness monsters or whatever so you know and especially if you're rich and you are not completed as a human like yeah. this I mean especially in the 60s like the Vietnam War all this stuff that was going on one Castaneda was kind of breaking in like um it's just it it leads you to like I don't know your life can have purpose I guess mm-hmm. where our lives have no purpose.
1: Well, mm-hmm. and and California in a lot of ways like the darker side of California that's kind of the vibe, like the nihilistic side of California, it's like nihilism in the sun. And <laughs> this this is precisely what I was going to talk about next or the idea that flashed in my mind. I'm watching True Detective season 2, underrated. Uh in between rewatching season 1. Uh, and with, yeah, with my lady. And so it's like, I've been thinking about California a lot. And you think about when Castaneda came up, you mentioned the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the perfect thing for that generation of Californians who like that, that part of the country had only been settled like two generations prior. So they these folks, their grandparents literally, you know, obviously there were people there before. We don't have to get into it. But, I mean, they literally made that thing out of nothing within, like, living memory. But now you've got the Donnie at the end of Lebowski vibe where the, the ashes are blowing back in your face. There's no further west to to, to head toward. So what are we going to do? I'm going to give you a new call to adventure. You got to go back east toward the desert. You got to yeah. go somewhere. He gave He gave people a call to action. Yeah, and yeah. this restless generation. So you know, I can't answer it. was he a net positive or a net negative, Brad? It seems yeah. like he influenced a lot of people. and I'm of the school that says like, listen, if you love all of Woody Allen's movies and he's inspired you to make movies, like I, I really don't give a damn about his personal life if you've gotten so- something out of it. So <laughs> you know, and based on all the comments that we've received after the cast data, <laughs> it <laughs> seems like a lot of people really, We're, you know, had a very personal experience with this book. And certainly our guest Scott did, too. So I I can't say, Brad, because I don't know (laughs) everybody's story. Sure.
2: Yeah. 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 It's
0: just this is kind of an interesting kind of point of thinking about it. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like um, and, and does it if it's not factually true, does that does that somehow? And I kind of think this is the case. Does that somehow percolate like if you tell a lie that is useful? is there still like a deceit baked into it permanently that ends up corrupting just, the whole it, thing? You know, I
1: think I said this on the main episode is like, why couldn't he have just, he could have released these as like novels. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah. would they have re- received the same reach? And I don't know. I probably know. not. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You were speaking about, um, uh, you know people still influenced by this I, I got kind of thinking like okay well where are all the where are all the current castaneda people and spent some time on the subreddit the carlos castaneda subreddit and there is a community and who knows how big it is of people who are actively um trying to put this stuff into practice um and sort of refining it and distilling it Um, and you know, we don't have to go too in depth in it, but the one that, um, I kind of shared this around the, the one that I thought was interesting was this post about how to see energy in three weeks. (laughs) And so if you're, you're, uh, you know, it's just Reddit listed. I I respect this. Go ahead. This is cool. Well, well, you know, and I read through the thing and I got thinking about it, like there's nothing particularly, um, uh, sinister about it. I mean, his whole, the whole thing is you basically, for 3 hours a night and who has time to do this nobody um but i suppose if you're 18 and you don't have gas money to drive out into the desert maybe you just do this in your apartment um <laughs> you seal you know you seal off your room so it's completely pitch black and for 3 hours a night you do this practice of meditation trying to clear the mind and ultimately trying to see um and you know this person claims that if you do this for long enough you will start to see energy. You'll start to see patterns of colors and, and things like this. I think you probably can actually. Now, whether it is that energy, I don't know. But Kevin, you've been in a float tank. I mean, I don't know if you see stuff in the float tank. When I used to do the float tank, I totally saw stuff. Um, it, You know, is it just sort of artifacts? Uh, you know, is it the mind putting stuff in there cause it's not used to having that empty space. Is there even a difference between those, those things? Um, I don't really have you, a question. You can go but... into
1: waking dream states. I mean, we have extraordinarily vivid dreams, mm-hmm. right? Or at least I used to, be, you know, before the incident. Uh, Scott, what do you think about this? What do you think about the like the meditative practices and the you know all the stuff around castaneda? Did you carry that forward after your your journey into the desert? I mean, is it something you still think about? I mean, you wanted to come on and talk about them.
2: Yeah. Well, so we didn't get peyote on this trip. When we got to which, L.A. Which is
0: which I love about the story as a story that you actually didn't get it. I love that. Yeah. yeah it's brilliant.
2: Yeah. It's funny now as a like a older man, I, I don't think I would do it now. It, like, I, I don't think I want to open my head up and see. I don't know. Like that. I don't want to be at the mercy of something for 30 hours. You know, like yeah. I don't even smoke weed anymore. It makes me so paranoid. So. But on that trip, when we got to L.A., um after that adventure we get there the guy was supposed to give the script to was actually in france um but we didn't have the internet then so we had no way of coordinating this and uh so we go to a party and somebody showed up with a bag of like bright blue mario mushrooms and we're like these are from hawaii do you want to eat these so we ate those and went insane for like 18 hours, like the most vivid, horrifying. I saw a cloud eat the house in front of us and like all the wood was shooting at us. Um, nice. But it ended at sunrise on Malibu. We were out on a jetty and I swear to God, dolphins were jumping over us and we were rubbing their bellies. And like, <laughs> I called awesome. my, it was awesome. <laughs> I called my mom. So it was like three in the morning in New Jersey. And I was just like, I get it. I get everything now. It's all going to be okay. I love you. And she was like, what is going on out there? Are you on drugs? Are you and on, I dropped the phone yeah. in the ocean. When
0: your kid calls you in the middle of the <laughs> night and is like, I love you. I have it all figured out. That's, yeah. You want yeah. to maybe get a poison control um, number.
2: <laughs> I saw a big a seagull that I was trying to pet and I like tripped and then I dropped my phone in the ocean. So oh, I never oh. even got to finish this conversation <laughs> with her. um but i felt such a universal it's gonna be okay i'm in control of my world Mm -hmm. um and nothing bad had happened yet i had never i like i I didn't know about jobs yet like (laughs) my parents were still fine in their marriage i had never had a girl cheat on me yet like Mm. I, i was the world was still a good place to me so like i carried that i got it i could control this and for like three weeks I was happy to like see every single person on the street, everywhere. Hi, how are you? Um, and then life obviously beats that out of you in three, right. 21 days, but right. that was the happiest and like most peaceful I've ever been. I was sure of my place on earth. And wow. So
1: you, you had a bad trip that turned into this revelatory good yeah. experience. Wow. Yeah. What was the turning point during the, during the trip?
2: I got home and I, my dad, you know, it's seven in the morning. You got you get a job or you're gonna be homeless by tonight, you know. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Bond. No,
1: I actually meant during the psychedelic trip in uh oh. in LA. Like you know, you made it sound like it was a horror, but by the end you had discovered what? world peace. I, mean, I had a
2: seizure, man. Like these mushrooms were so strong that I realized that I could process every memory I've ever had in my entire life simultaneously. And I felt this. Thing come up my spine and when it got to my brain i heard a like a and then i collapsed head first and was having a seizure but i was conscious in the seizure like i could see the spot by window rock that we had just been to and then um my friends were like shaking me to wake me up and then i came back awake like cried a whole bunch and then mm. uh was in this totally amazing let's go pet the dolphins stay. Wow. Like, wow.
1: Yeah. You know, you're listening to the Arrowid podcast where yeah. we're telling trip stories. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is,
0: I mean, this is the thing I think that can get kind of lost for people who have never delved into the psychedelic stuff is it's like, it's all going to be just, it's like all love and light. It's like, I, I sometimes you got to go through a pretty dark patch in there to get to that. And hopefully you do get to that, that love and yeah. light part. Right. And, you know, Three weeks Sometimes of them being...
1: the witches from Macbeth yeah, come into your master bedroom yeah. and start <laughs> dancing and you could touch them and
2: they're talking to you
1: and they're there as clear as day.
2: Yes. It was like that, like for seven hours before the seizure or whatever that was, yeah. like everything was coming at us. Like Ooh. we were running, hiding behind things. And my friend and I were having the same shared trip. Like, yeah, he saw the cloud eating the house across the street, too. Like,
0: mm-hmm. it
2: was wild. Yeah. Man.
0: This is the this is the thing, too. Where Like, I, I think people can be very dismissive of psychedelic experiences. Like, oh, well, yeah, obviously you put these chemicals in your brain. Weird stuff happens. It's like, well, that doesn't really explain you and your buddy seeing the same thing. Right. Like, how do you explain that? I, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That literal telepathy with other people. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I don't think yeah. that could have happened if we hadn't just been. All over the desert, like awake for three straight days. You know, like, I mean, we lived with that Navajo. We, so, in the process of trying to find Peyote, the kid who was bringing us to his grandfather, who was the roadman, brought us to his aunt's house. And they live in these trailers out there with no running water, no electricity. And there's like, you know, 12 Navajo in a house together. And There was kind of a period of, like, they wouldn't let us in the house, and they were asking us a million questions, and then they let us come in and sleep on their floor for a couple days. And, I mean, we're, like, living with them. I was teaching the girl how to play Green Day songs and guitar. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, so I don't think without that, like, really becoming part of, like, that desert thing, this mushroom trip could have happened.
0: Well, and you guys, I mean, that's a, that's a tremendously bonding experience between you and your buddy too, right? Like going yeah. through all of that and like sharing those experiences and those ups and downs for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the road trip. Um, that's part of the road trip uh, story for, I think everybody is like, you're gonna go see things and then you're gonna have these experiences with the people you do it with. And you know, that's something you guys share I, forever. <laughs> right Um, for sure yeah, it's so that's so cool yeah America this is one of the greatest things about America is the possibility of that road trip of that just like you can go for a long time days and days and days driving and some of it's boring as hell but like something will happen interesting for sure yeah
2: now yeah. whenever I do it I only meet people from like Sweden or uh, Denmark who are doing really? the Amer- yeah I was yeah. just on Route 66 this summer. Everybody I ran into was from Scandinavia. Like, we want to do the American road trip. You know, I didn't yeah. meet anybody from America. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, all the Ameri- all the Americans are just at home watching yeah, Netflix. looking at their phone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <they're> plugged in. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I, I want to ask you another. So maybe... One of the coolest or most interesting or like striking parts of your peyote uh, peyote warrior at Window Rock and people should definitely go go. We're we're sort of jumping around in it and skimming it. There's it's it's great. I really loved it. Um, One of the things that was so cool is the guy Indian Joe, who you met and then you meet again in New York somehow. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you like. That really happened,
2: right? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying about Castaneda, like these time jumps or whatever do happen out there. Mm-hmm. So I can't write off that what everything he said was make made up in a in a library, you know? Right.
0: Right. No, that's a good point. And I hadn't really kind of thought about that where it's like, yeah, man, like it, well, if you were to go and have a some kind of experience that people would say is supernatural and then you try to hold it in the light of like you know scientific scrutiny well of course it's not gonna hold up like that's the that's the point is it doesn't hold up. It wouldn't yeah. be weird if it held up. So yeah that's interesting.
2: Should I give like a the little backstory of that sure man. Yeah okay. yeah if you want. So a- after we had finally failed again and we're not like it was apparent we were not going to get peyote, we went to a Walmart and um There was a big old Indian sitting out front on a stack of newspapers and he and I made contact for eye contact for like a brief time, but um, there was like a connection or some weird thing happened and then that was it. And then a year almost to the day later, I was installing window draperies with a company in Manhattan and we're driving through Times Square and that same guy is sitting on a milk crate in Times Square holding a sign that says he needs to get back to the reservation. And I had my boss pull over. I jumped out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I know you!" And he pointed at me, and he was like, "The Walmart, you know, a year ago in uh, New Mexico." And he remembered me. And then we took him back to my apartment. He stayed with us for two days, which is insane. Wow. <laughs> we, had like right? a big, <laughs> we had like a big house party with this yeah. guy. Just because oh. he was like, uh, he had been run over by a taxi, so his leg oh was god. like oh. mangled and like gangrenous, and there was. Oh. Disgusting. <laughs> How, yeah, like,
0: was, how, how old of a guy was he, would you guess?
2: He told me he was 300 years old.
0: Oh, like, well, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> he seemed to be about like maybe late 60s, early 70s. Oh, oh okay. Okay yeah. okay,
1: yeah. 300. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was in the desert. Yeah.
2: yeah. Everybody you meet out there is like hundreds of years old. I think Don mm. Juan was also like hundreds yeah. of years old. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But vital and strong still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vital. yeah. And horny. And horny. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah, Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. yeah so so, this guy
2: partied his ass off with us. And then we did gave really? him money. Yeah. We gave him money and brought him to the Greyhound home. And yeah.
0: Well, hopefully he, he made, hopefully he made it, it,
2: man.
1: You took him to Port Authority or? or no, we took
2: him to uh, Newark. Yeah. Newark.
1: Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Damn.
2: But uh, he promised me when he got home that he would mail me a box of peyote. And then I moved yeah. out of that apartment almost right after that. And yeah. tried it's to go sum- back.
1: Yeah. Somebody else got the peyote. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's adult in the universe. Somebody's doing a podcast right now. About right.
0: that. Man, the magical box of peyote showed up. Yeah.
2: yeah. I know, like, We're talking about all the science from the universe. Like maybe they're all just those things. Like, right. right. Think right. about that guy ate peyote. And now he might, you know, who knows yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Changes sure. His whole life. Right. Sure.
0: <laughs> now, now, I want to ask you, you don't have to dive into this because you kind of skip over it in the essay. So maybe that's how you want to leave it. But I did have this curiosity where. So you said like after you guys got him sort of sent off. Things got kind of dark and that's seems like part of the reason you moved out of this place. Do you relate those two things that like this encounter with this guy opened up this sort of moment of darkness or is it uh, you feel like it's unrelated and just coincidental or what can you yeah. say about
2: that? I think it's just that's just coincidental. But that that was the, that was the start of like maybe my adult life, like mm. right after him leaving, like then. Mm real life things started happening and I got out of this mentality of like tr- seeking the truth and trying to get to the bottom of things. And like, then it was just rent and having to take things seriously. So yeah. That was, yeah.
1: Yeah. The black, black iron prison yeah. came down yeah. on your head. Yeah, You seem yeah, to be doing provision. well, man. You seem yeah. to have come out on <laughs> the other side of that. Uh <laughs> yeah, Go on, Brett.
0: Well, I was just saying because it, it seems so interesting to me because it's like you get this figure Indian Joe is 300 years old. He's just sort of like out in the reservation. There's like this mystical quality. And then he's in New York and it's like run over by a taxi, can't get enough money to get home, needs favors from people, has to sleep on somebody's couch. Right. And it's like, yeah, maybe New York, uh, maybe you can't maybe you can't be a 300 year old mystic in New York. It just the they just won't allow that to happen. right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 yeah, so um one thing we're going to talk a little bit about uh we're kind of coming to the end of our hour here. Um we're going to talk about in the uh After Dark um who uh, the man who is apparently Carlos Castaneda's paternal grandfather. Um and this is I only know this because there's a brief mention on Wikipedia, but his grandfather, this guy uh Julio uh Julio Cesar Arana is one of the most wicked men to ever live, and he's a real guy. Uh, I, I'm about 90 percent sure is Carlos Castaneda's grandfather. But again, it's only mentioned in one spot on Carlos Castaneda's Wikipedia page. There is so much mystery and elusiveness around Carlos Castaneda, who even really knows for sure. But the names line up and the timelines line up. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, there is interesting, I wanted to point people, I, I debated like how much to talk about this, but I did want to um point people to, there's this, this website called wanderling.com. And it's this guy who must have been born in like the 40s. And it's his own like pre, it's his own like blog before there were, uh, you know, what was it? What was the thing? Live journal, right? Blog spot and all of that. And so it's just his own web page. And every page has some big, long screed of writing. And it's all kind of hyperlinked together. And it's kind of crazy. But he claims that in the 50s, he was friends with Carlos Castaneda. And he talks about before Carlos Castaneda was like famous. Right. And Carlos Castaneda is just sort of he's just sort of hanging out with him, um, drinking wine, going to little parties and stuff. And it's kind of fascinating. Um, I almost think of this stuff, this Wanderling stuff is like part of the overall Carlos Castaneda thing, because I don't know if I trust this Wanderling guy either. I think he might be making it up. So then (laughs) you've got like layers of making it up, right? Um, The Wanderling guy seems convinced that Don Juan existed. He claims that even though he already knew Carlos Castaneda, um, so for people maybe they might remember from our core episode or might already know, The legend is that Carlos Castaneda met Don Juan in a uh, in a bus station, um, just sort of coincidentally saw this guy there that looked very mystical and very wise and uh, went up to him and sparked this relationship. This gentleman from Wanderling claims that he was coincidentally there at the bus stop when that meeting uh, took place. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I don't want to dig too deep into it because it's. It's there's a there's a lot here. Um, this wanderling gentleman also claims that his own father, or sorry, his uncle, was an old medicine man in some of the in in was a white guy, but had like ingratiated himself into some of the Southwest tribes and knew all of the old, um, all of the old plant medicine stuff from that era area, and that he it, he is the guy that taught Castaneda, um, about Jimson weed and detura. Um so I guess I'm just bringing this up because I think even if Don Juan himself didn't exist I I do think Castaneda was out there talking to some people and again if Castaneda or if Don Juan doesn't exist there are old traditions in the southwest of indigenous people using you know, using various plants, not using various plants, old like practices of, you know, what we, you know, Europeans would call sorcery or witchcraft. This is like a real thing, (laughs) right? So so how much Castaneda is lying or telling the truth or making stuff up? There is uh, and uh, I think you can feel it like, Scott, when you went out there, there is a tradition of high strangeness out there. Um, and there are probably some old timers right now that know exactly where to get peyote, exactly how to take it, what to do when you take it, the songs to sing, right? Um, it's not all malarkey, even if Castaneda is 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 kind of full of it himself. So I just I guess I want it as a winding way to kind of make that point. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if the, the, the general vibe of Castaneda appeals to you, but you think the books are all nonsense, maybe find another way to the same information, this similar information of the same tradition. It's, it's, it's out there for sure. Um, yeah. Any, anything else, Scott? How can people find you? First of all, we'll have links and stuff. But if people want to find you and definitely, you know, you've got a lot of writing spread out over the Internet. Um, but tell us where to find you and how they can get uh, maybe in touch with you or follow you or whatever.
2: Cool. Uh, you can Google Scott Ladati or at Scott Ladati on all the socials. Yeah. Um, that's yes. That's it. Okay.
0: OK, cool. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, well, we love we love having you on, dude. It's it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And you, you've got you bring that good energy, man. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> um, Kevin, you got anything? Well, one more time, the name of this story, Scott, that
1: people should you should absolutely go read this story if you want to get the full experience.
2: Cool. It's the peyote warrior of window rock uh, and Hobart published it, but you could just Google it. It's out there. Yes. Window Rock is the sacred place. On the Navajo Reservation in the Southwest. So, mm-hmm.
0: and you did. So, uh, one question I want to ask you: So, you went back. You sort of tried to recreate in some ways, or at least revisit some of these locations, like twenty years later, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I, I had a moleskin at the time where I was like, because when we were going to the Roadman in the first place, um, mm-hmm. it was like we were driving through the desert forever for hours, but it was impossible to to do that. Otherwise, we would have been in a different state and it was just dirt roads. And we would get to like a tire that was half submerged in the sand. And then we would make a left and a right. And then all of a sudden there'd be a community of trailers. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I like had a map and like, I thought I knew where the Walmart was outside of window rock and, but everything looked different. And I was not able to get anywhere near a view of the window rock without having to pay for it, which we did not Mm do. The first time. So it was really, I mean, I'm looking back through 20 years, like trying to make, you know, sense of the directions, but it really seemed like we were in a completely different place Uh, 20 years ago. You
0: you passed through a portal either literally or, uh, you know, metaphorically (laughs) at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could think was, sorry.
2: No, go on. Well, I, I was just like, it's possible I could have been just like so excited the first time that... I, like time was like moving super fast or whatever but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know it it seemed completely different yeah
0: yeah, I love it I love it and for Americans and, and I guess Scandinavians if you haven't driven like from one side of this country to the other you really should it is and I'm not even saying that because it will all be fun and it will all be comfortable lots of it will be boring parts of it will suck parts of it will be un- but it is it is worth it like we you realize
1: you just, just listen to six or seven Art of Darkness core episodes. You leave LA, <laughs> I'll get
0: you from East Coast to West Coast. Yeah, yeah. You, end, yeah. <laughs> you end up in New York
1: City. Try not to get hit by a cab. There. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Scott. We're going to go through a portal right now. We're going to come back for the After Dark. It sounds like Brad's got a lot of cool stuff prepared. Shout out to the Castaneda stands. If you're getting something from the material, is it true? What is true? We don't know. Who knows anymore? So, mm-hmm. very cool. Brad, thank you so much uh, for bringing Scott on. Scott will come back in five minutes on the After Dark. slash Art of Dark Pod.